It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Hallelujah. I just wish that we would not rush, but just stay in this space for just a moment. This is Black History Month, and I don't know if you know this or not, but you, you are your ancestors' dream. My mother father was a sharecropper my mother was a sharecropper in Lexington Mississippi those who don't know what sharecroppers are they're just modern-day slaves didn't own the land my mother picked cotton from sun up to sundown and had to give all the cotton she picked to the master who owned the land but I had a praying mama yeah. Who believed that maybe her baby would be able to go to school because she couldn't and that maybe he would graduate and be something I know that some of us feel as though there's so much you don't have so much you want but I just wish for a moment that we would just look at how good God has been to us and how good God has been to you. And be thankful for your mama and your auntie and your granny who prayed for you. And I pray that we would not miss the opportunity to listen, listen, to do for the next generation yeah. what was done for our generation. Uh, Asia, would you come here for a moment? Let me just say this to you all. I'm just, I'm super emotional today. Um, when I was youth pastor in Chicago, I challenged our church leadership to answer the question, when can young people be considered as a part of the church for real? You do know that Youth Sunday was like the fifth Sunday. That means like the only time that rolled around. That's right, that's right. And then they had junior deacons that didn't mean anything. <laughs> they weren't deacons, they were just kids dressed in suits. Then they had ushers who really weren't ushers except on youth day. Come on, come on. They had all these little pretend things that didn't mean anything. And when I met with Asia, she began to tell me what God had placed in her heart about our kids not being the church of the future, but the church of the now. And that she wanted to equip and she wanted to train them to realize what their spiritual gifts are. That at the age of eight, somebody could say, I'm an apostle. <laughs> at the age of 10, somebody can say, I am an administrator. I, I know that I have the gift of prophecy. And I just want to say to you publicly, in the face of God and these people, when you obey a call like that, we're here because our foreparents laid on their face before the God of the master that was beating them. But they knew that there was something real about it. And they prayed that we would be who we are. I thank God that the vision that you have for our babies and for our young people, it is from God. 
and with that will come all of the attacks the devil can bring at you when a person is called at the level that God has called you with that kind of vision there will be unparalleled attacks but we want you to know we cover you we honor you we see you and we thank God that when it's when it's good you push when it's not good you push when you're not feeling your best you push when you're feeling all right you still push there's never a time we don't see a smile on your face but we want you to know Asia that we thank God that our children are in good hands because of the call that is on your life would you extend your hands toward her please father in Jesus name we thank you for your daughter for your servant we thank you for the anointing that is on her life we thank you Lord God for the giftings that you've placed in her to stir up your gift in our young people while young people are being shot down like dogs in the street and twerking and doing all manner of things that are against you thank you for this woman of God who has a calling to help bring them out of darkness and into the marvelous light thank you Lord and I pray God in those seasons of discouragement in those seasons of being overwhelmed at all of the darts that come at her so heavily oh God that you would build a hedge around her let no evil let no depression let no despondency or discouragement come nigh her dwelling and I thank you Lord God for every life that she touches that's the next president that's the person that will cure cancer that's the person that'll be on the first ship to Mars thank you Lord God for the pastors and the prophets and the missionaries and the CEOs that will come out of this ministry and others because of this woman of God and we thank you for her and we give you glory for the call that is so keenly on her life in Jesus name amen and amen come on can we give God praise in this place oh come on give God glory hallelujah oh God can we sing another verse that I'll trust you let's sing it one more time yeah. Hallelujah. Father, that is our prayer. That is our declaration as we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us, who trusted you. We still put our trust in you. Father, we pray for the person who is listening, who is here, who's in the midst of a very difficult time where it's hard to trust. Holy Spirit, would you give the capacity, the ability to do what seems impossible. Father, we pray in these next few moments as we gather together around your word and we pray that you would speak to us and that you would draw us ever closer to you. For someone who doesn't have a relationship with you at all, God, would you move and bring them into a saving relationship with you today? For the person, God, who already knows you, but who strayed away, bring them back. For the believer who is in love with you, would you say something? Would you speak something that would make their relationship go even deeper? We'll be careful to give all glory and praise where it belongs to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Give the Lord praise if you can do it. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord several things I could say but I want to keep moving a little bit but I do want to let sister Ruthie know uh, we are praying for you uh, many of you know that I've been lifting that name up for several weeks but she is in very serious uh, condition and we're asking that you all would pray for her Katrina and that family we're praying for all of you uh, as we know that you are uh, believing God uh, and we know that one great thing to know that even when sickness and those things happen that when you got a relationship with all right I need another mic because this is about to go out when you have a relationship with God it gives you a peace in the midst of all kind of stuff and so I pray that you all would be mindful of all those in our church who are sick and shut in and ask for God's grace 
For those of you that are watching online, let me just say to you how grateful we are for you. It is such a blessing to us every week to get so many emails and different responses from those of you that are here in the Metro Detroit area and beyond. And so we want to say to you, even though you may not physically be in the building with us, we are so grateful that you are part of our E-Church family. So can we just give praise to God for all of our E-Church family members? Oh, come on, Citadel, do better than that. We appreciate y'all. We thank God for you and we're so grateful for the opportunity that we have to be all that you, uh, all that we can be for God in, in this place. Uh, also, for those that are visitors and if you're with us and you're not a member of Citadel of Faith, would you just wave at us if you're a visitor today, if you're a visitor? Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to see all of our visitors and those again that are online, we're grateful for you. We know there are options that you have and there are places that you could go and we're grateful that you are with us. As we uh, prepare to go into the message today, many of you know that uh, over the past several months, even in last year, we have endeavored to be mindful of the other. And I say this at the opening of this message because I do believe that many of you will be collecting this message and viewing this message, especially those that are online. And I'm asking, listen, before you jump to conclusions about where you think we stand, I encourage you to go back in the archive of our messages and listen particularly to our Voices series last year. And listen to the voices of people that church folk don't normally listen to that we listen to with respect and we listen to with honor not to fix them not to change them but just to say we want to learn from them and so I want you to do that because as we talk about what we're gonna talk about today you may think that we're insensitive you may think that we're judgmental you may think that we uh, think that we're better than other people that is not the posture of Citadel of Faith Church It's not the pastor posture of this pastor and so I pray that you don't automatically jump to the conclusion that as I talk about certain religions and certain sects within those religions that you think that I'm being judgmental or I'm uh, being above them because that's not our spirit nor our heart. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you'd open with me to 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. In the New International Version it says these words. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always, say always. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Let me read that again. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I want to talk from the subject today, the God of your scriptures, uh, the Bible and other sacred writings, the God of your scriptures, the Bible and other sacred writings. If I had a sub subtitle, I would say reasons. Okay, anyway. Uh, the text, I'm not, I'm not the, the text says, um, when someone approaches you about the hope that you have in Christ, I believe that you're in church today, I believe that you're listening online because you have some measure of hope in Christ. Nobody's doubting the fact that you are a Christian, that you believe that Jesus is Lord. As a matter of fact, you saved, sanctified, filled with the precious Holy Ghost and that of fire. And so we understand that you are saved, but that's not what it says in its entirety. It says, uh, we know you got a relationship with the Lord. We know that you revere Christ, but always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, watch this now, not, to, not asking you what you believe, but the reason for the hope that you have. Are you able to give a answer to the reason why you believe what you believe? Most people believe what they believe, but cannot give a reason to why they believe what they believe. 
And that is why you all, many people are intimidated by Jehovah's Witnesses. Many, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. Many people are intimidated by uh, the Muslims. Many people are intimidated by the Hebrew Israelites because they know more about your Bible than you do. Oh, don't look at me like that. That's why you don't answer the door because you know that when they open the door and ask you a reason for why you believe what you believe, all you know is I've been in church my whole life. God is in me. Uh, Holy Ghost is moving. That, that's not a reason. And as intelligent people, especially for the next generation, we cannot rely on emotion and feelings. We've got to be able to give a reason for why we believe what we believe. Are you following that? And so you all, this year we've been talking about, uh, in the first few weeks of the year, the Bible. And we went into its origins and we went into uh, the canonization of the scriptures and why we have the 66 books of the Bible. And then we went into uh, what is the Old Testament and what is it comprised of and what is the New Testament, who are the authors or who are the people that God used to write it and all of that. And so we shared those things. And now we turn the corner, you all, and began to now look at the, the Bible or the scriptures that we have and look at it in relationship to other sacred writings. Now this is important you all because listen I opened up by saying this one time in a message uh, if you've ever been to Dearborn or if you've ever been to Southfield you would notice very strong demographics in those two communities. As a matter of fact Dearborn has the largest concentration of people who are Muslim outside of the Middle East in America. Dearborn. And so when you go to Dearborn, you all, even in America, with all of its laws and all of its progressive uh, kind of attitudes about women and about uh, dress and how people act, uh, those people don't care nothing about y'all laws. Uh, those women uh, who were in Dearborn who are devout Muslim women, they're going to wear their attire, they're going to be behind the man, and you can say whatever you want to say about misogyny or whatever you want to say about women's lib, or you can say what you want to say about what the law says, because their sacred books dictate how women are to act, they act that way, and nobody confronts them. Hear what I'm saying to you. Go to Southfield, you'll find the Jewish community there and you will find them on the Sabbath day walking. You will not see them driving. As a matter of fact, it is imperative that in any Jewish community, the synagogue is within so many feet of where you live because walking beyond that means you're laboring on the Sabbath. So they build communities based on their location to their places of worship because to move beyond it by foot means I'm working and I'm violating the Sabbath. We have no idea the Sabbath. But as a matter of fact, back in the day, y'all don't know this, but mama and grandmama and them didn't iron on Sunday, didn't cook food on Sunday because that was the Sabbath. You don't even come to church on the Sabbath. Forget about ironing. But anyway, in... Southfield, those people uh, in the stores recognize that you know what? Uh, they can't look at certain things on the Sabbath because that is sinful. So we're going to cover all of the newspapers and all of the magazines in CVS and in Walgreens because we don't want the Jewish people to be offended. But wait a minute, our First Amendment right says I got the freedom of speech. We capitulate for their sacred book. Why are Christians being asked to capitulate from our sacred book when other religion systems are not being asked to capitulate from theirs? Are you following what I'm saying? But if you don't know what your, what your, what your Bible says, then you don't even know the uniqueness of what you have. Compared to other religions, you all, Christianity is unlike any other religion. Let me explain why. First of all, there are only three uh, primary monotheistic religions. Now, there's two separate categories uh, of religious systems, polytheism and monotheism. Mono means one, poly means many, right? And so uh, the Abrahamic uh, religions uh, are all monotheistic. Amazing. So Islam also finds its origins in Abraham. Did you know that? Because Abraham uh, had a promise from God, your, your wife going to have a child. He said, I don't be more believe that than a man in the moon. So he went in and uh, uh, got it in with Hagar, uh, his uh, maid, and had a baby by the name of Ishmael. And that is the leader of the Islamic religion. 
So the, so the foundations of Islam, that's why Jerusalem is central to them because Abraham is also central in Jerusalem. So they find their roots in Abraham. Monotheistic though, they believe in one God, Allah. Uh, Judaism also, obviously they believe in one God. It's the God of the Old Testament, Jehovah. And then of course there's Christianity. We believe in one God in three persons. But every other religious system is polytheistic, which means they have many gods. And all religions, for the most part, have different scriptures or different holy writings in which they adhere to. Now listen, you all, most no, not most. All religions have their writings giving particular things people must do, practices they must uh, engage in, so that, listen, after they enter into this relationship with their God, they then live their life doing these things that their holy writings ask them to do, and then upon debt, there's a scale to measure how much they fulfill the requirements and that determines whether or not they have acceptance with their God. All right? Let me just ask this question. Do you think that Jehovah's Witnesses is just going to be in the airport with them little things just because they want to? Do, do, I mean, do, you, do you think that when people are pulling out those mats and praying three times, and do, that they're just doing that? That is part of what their religion asks them to do so that they can gain favor from their God. Christianity, unlike that, says that the moment that you accept Jesus, you are accepted by God. And as a matter of fact, there's nothing that you can ever do to gain his acceptance. All you have to do is receive him. And by receiving him, you already have eternal life and you're already accepted by God. It is the only religion that God comes down to man. Every other religion requires us to do various things to come up to where their gods are. And so let's go through some of these religions and their sacred writings so you can just be aware of this. Of course, this will be available online for you all to go back and look at uh, at, at will. Uh, the Kojiki is uh, the holy or sacred writings of Shintoism. It's the oldest surviving Japanese religion. Written in 712 AD, it tells of the origin of J Japan uh, from the foam of the ocean and list the innumerable gods and goddesses in Shintoism. And so that is their sacred book telling of the origins of their nation, but also the innumerable amounts of gods and goddesses in their religion. Listen, isn't it some, you barely know Jesus well. Can you imagine having to know about 5,000 of them? Second, the Sikhs, the Guru Granth, written between 1563 and 1606. It includes 5,894 hymns, three prayers, one to be prayed at morning, one to be prayed at noon and bedtime, and it also includes songs. When you hear about the Sikhs, this would be their sacred writings, all right? Then you have Taoism, uh, Tao Te Ching, written in 6th century BC. It presents a way of life intending to restore tranquility <coughs> and harmony amongst people. So that is their sacred writings in which they adhere to. In Buddhism, there is the Tipatka, first century BC. It has 227 rules made for monks and nuns and their interaction with laity. Uh, it also, you all, has a conversation about meditations which can be done between Lord Buddha and his followers. And so it gives people the opportunity to chant or have various meditations that allows them to be able to have communion and connection with Lord Buddha. Judaism, which is where Christianity has found its uh, uh, kind of uh, roots in a sense because the Old Testament is the beginning part of our Bible, written between 1500 BC and 100 AD. It is the founding document of the Israeli people. And so listen, not only is it a spiritual document, but it's also a natural document for people of Israeli descent in the nation of Israel. Uh, the Tanaka is an acronym for three divisions uh, 
uh, that's found the Torah the Nevi'im and the Ketuvim these uh, they have visions of a just society of God's or Jehovah's expectations from his followers so in Judaism you'll find that the Old Testament is full of laws and those laws uh, were given by God so that those people could do things that would please him. Now, many would say, wait a minute, Pastor, I thought you said that Christianity is not about doing things to please God. Exactly. And that is why people who live by the letter of the law found themselves empty because no matter what they tried to do, they were reminded that they could not reach the perfection of God. The Ten Commandments, how many of y'all ever heard of them? How many of y'all ever broke one of them? Right? If you didn't raise your hand, you lied, you just did. All right, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So listen, watch this now. You've heard me say it a million times. Why would God, listen, why would God give Ten Commandments of what every person must do to please Him? Knowing that we could not. He did it so that he would let us know it is impossible to please God without God. And so no matter what man tried to do, that's why they built all these things, these elaborate systems to try to get close to not breaking the law, right? That's why the Jews stay so close to the, to the, to the tabernacle, right, to the temple, because they got to make sure they don't break the Sabbath. If you, if you go over to Jerusalem uh, on, on a Sabbath, every elevator is pushed. Every, every, every floor. You know why? Because that's work. We're not going to ever be in a situation that we might possibly break the Sabbath. So let's build a, a whole group of laws around the law so we don't break the law. But they still broke the law. Right? So you all, Judaism uh, finds its sacred writings in uh, the Torah. Uh, for Hinduism, the Vedas and the Upanishads are written between 800 and 400 BC. In four collections, each of these is divided into four parts uh, that focus on weddings, sacrificial rites, songs, and even political uh, issues. Now, you are in Hinduism. The caste system uh, uh, means that when you're born into a particular station or state in life, you can only transcend into another state upon death. Uh, and, and that death, you reincarnate and you become uh, maybe another uh, higher station in life. And so reincarnation is part of their theme and part of their focus, but, but their holy writings uh, are found in uh, the Vedas and the Upanishads. Now, I'm going to turn the corner, you all, because it is Black History Month, and I think it's so important to really realize some things so that we are not ignorant. Uh, the Bible says, in all of your getting, get an understanding. And again, I think it's so important that Christians are able to give a reason for why we believe what we believe. Most church people grew up in church just doing church stuff and never asked the question, what does that mean? Why do we do that? Where did that come from? So let me just share some things that are very important so that we can get a, a, a clear understanding. So when, um, when the colonizers um, decided to figure out how to get some more money, they realized that slave labor is a great way to get money. Imagine if, uh, how many of y'all got a job? Imagine if your job could get you to do what you currently do and not pay you ever right that's slavery uh, and so what a benefit right so I know we don't like it it's wrong it's evil and it is wrong and it is evil but for the person that benefits that is a good deal right I get to have you working all day all night doing whatever I ain't got to do nothing but make sure you got some basic food and maybe some shelter of some kind and so you all that has been the story of colonialism and their desire to uh, uh, to enslave people for benefit all right so uh, my people uh, uh, people who look like me were taken primarily from the continent of Africa from the northern part and from uh, the the western part of Africa and when they got over to the United States now watch this now uh, I'm in a partnership with St. Luke's Church and I encourage those of you all who have not been on the calls with us we're on zoom calls every other week and so it's not going to be this coming week but the following one we'll make sure we announce when that will be we've been in partnership with them and talking about 
uh, how Christians now, listen, how Christian pastors and Christian missionaries had a struggle. They had to figure out, now, how do we fulfill the Great Commission with slaves? How do we tell the story of Jesus' salvation and God's love for his people to people that we have enslaved? And it was difficult for them to figure out how to do this because they were afraid that if they gave Jesus and salvation to the slaves, the slaves would be like, wait a minute. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That means I shouldn't be under you. So they were afraid to help them read and write and learn, fearing that that knowledge would lead to rebellion. So watch this now. Watch this. Hear this. So the religious leadership, pastors, missionaries came together and said, listen, let's figure out a way that we can rewrite the scriptures so that we can let them know that, yes, you can be saved, but you still are not fully human. And that is what they did. To justify slavery, they gave the slaves Jesus, but they said, your salvation does not equate with your freedom. Now, you say, well, what does this have to do with sacred writings? I'm glad you asked. Because they also believe that black people by, and Native uh, uh, Americans or people that were indigenous people were heathens. And the only way they could be culturized would to be brought into the European way. Because all the people in Africa are heathens. All of them don't know how to read, don't know how to write, don't have no religious system. They just, uh, just a bunch of uh, crazy people swinging through the trees uh, like Tarzan. Not true. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you don't mind, uh, to the book of Acts. I want you to look at this text, see if you don't mind. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 4. I'm sorry. Acts chapter 4. Uh, you, know, you know, one of the things that, uh, that, that we need to know as people is that just because somebody tells you... Uh, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 8, verse 26, Acts chapter 8. Um, you need, when, you, when you don't know your culture and you don't know your history, anybody can tell you anything. And if you think that people of color had no history except when they got to America, you really don't understand history. So look at Acts chapter 8, it's in the Bible, it's in the Bible. Acts chapter 8 verse 26 now an angel of the Lord said to Philip go south to the road and the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza so he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake which means queen of the Ethiopians and by the way uh, Solomon met queen of Sheba and Queen of Sheba had so much money and was so impressed by him, she left all kind of go. I, I don't know, that don't sound like a monkey swinging through trees to me that got so much money that they're leaving gold and, and silver and all kind of stuff. And, and how are you going to have a treasury when you don't have no money to be treasured over? Ethiopians are in the Bible and the Ethiopian eunuch had money because he was the treasurer. Uh, this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet I love this he went to church to worship and when he got out of church he said oh church was good I'm gonna read the book of Isaiah just like you oh I went to church and I'm gonna read what pastor was talking about he's reading the book of Isaiah uh, uh, look what it says uh, the spirit told Philip go to the chariot and stay near it verse 30 then Philip ran up to the chair and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Watch this now. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked, how can I? Unless someone explains it to me. This man went to worship, reading the book of Isaiah out loud. And Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I understand it? Unless somebody explains it. So you can be an active worshiper and ignorant. You can be a reader of Isaiah and ignorant. 
and there are a lot of us who go through the recitations of church life and we are still unable to get a reason for why we believe what we believe we're ignorant and the Bible tells us that he uh, sat down with Philip so invited Philip invited him to come up and sit with him this uh, verse 32 this is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading he was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent he did not open his mouth in his humiliation he was deprived of justice who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth the eunuch asked Philip tell me please who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else isn't that something he just happened to be reading the text that talked about Jesus you can't tell me that God and the Holy Ghost don't know how to work Philip I need you to go down there because there's gonna be a man that you need to talk to and when you get there wait a minute to, and find what he's reading he's reading the book of Isaiah happened to be reading about a prophecy of Jesus and as he read it he says uh, do you know what you're reading no I don't know what I'm reading I need somebody to explain it to me he said well let me explain to you what you're hearing about listen look at verse 35 Philip began with that very pastor scripture and told him the good news about Jesus as they traveled along the road they came to some water and the eunuch said look here is water what can stand in the way of me being baptized he said not only have I gotten revelation about Jesus but now I'm ready to go up in the water oh don't tell me that God can't do a quick work I don't know who's listening right now I don't know who is watching right now and you're wondering how many steps it's gonna take you to be all that God wants you to be if God can get a eunuch who just read some scriptures that he didn't understand but got a revelation that Jesus is God and said wait a minute I also want to be baptized God can do a work in you overnight I don't know what you're going through but God is trying to reach you and it's not an accident that you're listening because this church is committed to you not just worshiping stuff you don't understand but having a relationship with God that is meaningful and full of reason so finally he says uh, uh, verse 38 he gave orders to stop the chariot the boat Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him when they came up out of the water spirit of the Lord took suddenly uh, took Philip away and the eunuch never saw him again, but went his way rejoicing. Guess where he went his way to? Back to Ethiopia. And the first church that has been recognized on the continent of Africa is the Ethiopian church. So long before colonizers got to Africa, the Ethiopian church was in full effect. So don't tell me that it was only Europeans who brought the gospel to black people. It was Philip who, who brought the gospel to, come on now. Are you following me? And unless you read the Bible and understand how your story fits in it, you will always be regulated to somebody else's story about your story. So, can I turn the corner? Y'all don't mind this, do you? Because I want to talk for a minute, just for a minute. I don't have a whole lot of time to talk about it. The Hebrew Israelites. Mm -hmm. Since we were stripped of language, stripped of culture, stripped of identity, we are still looking for identity. Do you know that soul food ain't really our food? Have you ever heard somebody say, Opa, Greek food. It's food. It's if you go to a Greek, they got food from Greece. You want some spaghetti and some uh, lasagna? That's from Italy. What you eating from Africa? No, no, tell me. What you eating from Africa? You don't know because we don't. Chitlins. You know what chitlins were? Garbage. But we so bad, we took garbage and made it. Come on now. You, we so bad, we took the bad stuff, lard. We took lard and made it grease and dropped some fish. Oh, don't look at me like that. Black people are so resilient, we took the doorways and made them delicacies. But don't you dare say that that delicacy is my ancestral food. When a people have been stripped of their identity and their language and their narrative of who they belong to watch this now they're looking for identity and I, I, I know I know it's black history Month. it's the only month that can be black the whole month alright so all the people that's diversified don't be upset with me I ain't trying to you know I'm just telling you all right when you don't know where you came from <clears throat> and you don't know your history you really will begin to think 
that you are what people call you. So, at one point, we were Negroes. There was another word, too. And then we became black. But then we said, wait a minute, why does everybody else have a nation connected to their identity? Irish American, Italian American, Polish American, and then you're black. They said, so no, and I get it, I ain't from Africa, I'm from Finkel. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I, I, I know y'all. I know all y'all. Don't be telling me if I'm not from Africa. I'm from the United States. I ain't never been. I get it. But what I'm saying is, the reason why the term African-American evolved is because we said we needed to find something that connected us with land. Are you following me? When that emptiness is present and the title is given to us as black, People begin to search for significance and meaning. And can I tell you something about the Christian church that makes us unappealing? Depending on which church you go in, you will find a different experience in every church. Go to the mosque, same experience. Go to the temple, same experience, but not the church. You go to one church, if you don't speak in tongues, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. Go to another church, if you don't get dunked in the water, you ain't saved. Go to another church, if you're a woman, sit down. Go to another church, you gotta, uh, everybody gotta wear skirts and gotta have a little doily on the head because the woman's head's gotta be covered. Don't look at me like this. Go into another church uh, and everybody got skinny jeans and jailed hair. Go into another church, and, uh, so bottom line, if a person's trying to figure out what is the Christian church, it's all different. What is the appeal then of the Muslim tradition in the African-American context? Number one, men. They are so focused on men and male leadership that it's, it is attractive to men to find other strong men. So the reason why Muslim, and by the way, Jesus told us Christians, to go to prison when I was in prison, you visited me. But Christian said, I'm not doing nothing you told me. I'm not going to the hospital and I'm sure not going to prison. So guess what? Send the Muslims there. So the Muslims are in the prisons and they are strong and they're positive and they're talking about family and they're talking about commitment and they're garnering the minds of our young people. And so black Hebrew Israelites come along and they believe that black people are the true tribe of Israel they believe that uh, uh, Abraham Jacob all them people were black <laughs> and through dispersion people went to other parts of the world here's the main thing Deuteronomy chapter 28 I want you to turn to it because I'm, I'm talking about sacred writing because they, they don't really have a sacred writing but they do have this particular text so Deuteronomy chapter 28 I'm going to read it from the message and I want you to just listen to it and listen to it and even if you're not black and you listen to this listen to it and see if you could think that this might be about black people <laughs> Deuteronomy 28 43 the foreigner who lives among you will climb the ladder higher and higher while you go deeper and deeper into the hole. He'll lend to you, and you won't lend to him. He'll be the head, you'll be the tail. All these curses are going to come to you. They're going to hunt you down and get you until there's nothing left of you because you didn't obediently live to the voice of God, your God, and diligently keep his commandments and guidelines that I commanded you. The curses will serve as signposts, warning to your children ever after. Because you didn't serve God, your God, out of the joy of the goodness of your heart in great abundance, you will have to serve your enemies whom God will send against you. Life will be famine and drought rags and wretchedness then he'll put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you God will raise up a faraway nation against you swooping down on you like an eagle a nation whose language you can't understand a mean faced people cruel to grandmothers and babies alike they'll ravage the young 
uh, of your animals and the crops from your fields until you're destroyed. They'll leave nothing behind, no grain, no wine, no oil, no calves, no lambs, and finally, no you. They'll lay siege to you while you huddle behind your town gates. They'll knock those high, proud walls flat, those walls behind which you felt so safe. They'll lay siege to your fortified cities all over the country, this country that God, your God, has given you. That is the main text for the Hebrew Israelites. And they believe that that text is actually saying that they, the original Jew, because they believe that people of color are the original Jews, that because of that text, it is a, it is a direct parallel to the Middle Passage and to slavery. And they also believe that, the pro that every current Jew that exists is an imposter and a fake. And so when Kanye West and Kyrie Irving make those statements, they're making those statements deep in the, in the language of Hebrew Israelites. Kendrick Lamar is a Hebrew Israelite. Now let me, let me say this to you all. I, I respect everybody. I opened up by saying, go back in our message history and listen to people that we brought to our church. I have a friend of mine who, who I'm going to just tell he invited me to go on a mushroom retreat to, 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 to smoke and, and eat mushrooms and experience God with some weed. The cannabis pastor. Yeah, I mean, he invited me. I'm just, he may be listening. Craig, appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to get back to you. I don't think I'll be able to make it, but, um, but I do appreciate the invitation. So listen, lest you think I'm, I'm, I'm a judge and I'm trying to put, listen, I don't, I don't have a heaven or hell to put nobody in. I'm not better than you. I am a Christian pastor of a Christian church and I am obligated by God to explain the difference between what we believe and what everybody else believes. So hear me well now. You cannot be a follower of Jesus Christ and embrace other religious systems. You can't. Jesus is the only way for you to be saved. And if you call on anybody else's name, you are not a believer in Jesus. We need to stop playing games with the devil. You need to stop playing games with God and doing a hot mix between scripture and this other stuff. You need to be careful about what you're letting in your ear gates. You need to be careful what you let your children listen to. I don't care how good the artist is, there's spirits in music. And when those people are pushing their doctrine and music, you end up getting a kid that don't want to come to church because all of a sudden they done got something in their spirit that's demonic. So, can I close? Uh, yeah. Um, oh, there's no, doc there's no doctrine of salvation and conversion because their identity is their salvation. Which means that Gentiles, people that are not Jews, black, cannot inherit God's kingdom. They believe that. And the book of Revelation talks about the judgment that will come to the fake Jews. They believe that that's everybody who's claiming to be a child of God that's not black and that's not a true Israelite. Now listen, you all, I got a chance to genuinely interact with some of their content. And I'm talking about brilliant people. And I'm talking about some guys from the streets who are able to spew knowledge like it would blow your mind. And what messes me up is here go some people who are following a lie and got so much passion, so much intelligence around a lie, and here you got the truth and you can't give a reason for why you believe what you believe. How is it that people who believe lies can be more articulate about a lie than we can be about truth? And so uh, I just got one last scripture to share with you, and then I'm going to take my seat. It's first Sunday. Y'all ready to have communion and be spiritual? Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Let me say this to you. <coughs> the reason why I'm a Christian 
is because I don't have to work for God to accept me. You better hear me. You can be messed up right now. And God is not basing his love on you. Connected to your condition. Because he knows that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what does Christianity offer you that's different? The moment, listen, that you just accept, not work, not praying, not going out and passing out, not standing out in the cold, being pot, you want the news, not doing none of that. The moment you accept the gift, and that is why it's so hard for people to follow Christianity, because they can't believe it's that easy. I'd rather work my way up because that seems more logical. Have you ever asked somebody to do something for you you want to know what's the catch? Right? Well, that's what Christianity is to most people, a big old catch. You mean to tell me I ain't got to work for it? Some of y'all are saved and you still don't believe you're saved because you've equated your actions with your salvation. That's why some of y'all get saved every week. If I ask you, are you saved? And you'd be like, I don't know. And I'm like, did you accept Jesus last week? Yes. Then why you got to get saved this week? Well, I cussed somebody out Thursday. Somebody said, this is not a permission. Um, can people who commit suicide go to heaven? Then they said, no, they can't because they didn't get a chance to ask God for forgiveness. So that means if I'm in a car wreck and I don't get a chance before my neck snap <laughs> to ask God for forgiveness then I'm going to hell that means my salvation was based on works you do not have a salvation that is based on works it's based on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross all he says to do is accept me and the moment you say Jesus I accept you into my life at that moment you are saved you are sealed and you are secured for eternity as a matter of fact he says now you have eternal life not when you die now you better hear me you got it now so, last scripture, Acts, five, Acts chapter 4. Salvation, say salvation. salvation. Is found in no one else. No one else. What about Buddha? No one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind whereby men must be saved and what is that name Jesus now you all I don't know about you I'm done but there's power in the name of Jesus as a matter of fact I've had moments in my life where the devil was all around have you ever been in those moments as in between sleep and wake where you felt the darkness around you and something was holding you down and you thought you was about to die and all you could do is get out of your mouth Jesus 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 and you know what every time I call his name something moves every time I call his name something shifts every time I call his name something adjusts in the way that it should I dare you to call his name I dare you to open your mouth and call his name as a matter of fact can we do it right now open your mouth and say Jesus say it again say it again say it again when you're sick when you need a miracle when you need a breakthrough when your children need to be delivered there's power in his name oh my God in heaven I know it's old school I know it may not seem modern but I thank God that I may not know your name I may not know the magistrate's names but there's something about the name of Jesus mm, good God Almighty no name under heaven no name under heaven you can call and be saved other than that name I dare you to call on him when you do he runs and he shows up demons know that name oh they may not know your name 
they may not know your mama's name your boo's name oh but they know Jesus's name you better realize to call his name you dealing with some stuff right now you better stop calling your friends and calling your cousins and calling all them people on Facebook you better start calling Jesus <laughs> and so you all I just want to say for all of you that have uh, are in these different expressions and religious systems we respect you we, we, don't, we don't judge you but we must give a reason for why we believe what we believe just like you would give a reason for why you believe what you believe Pastor Meeks this is my last close my pastor, Pastor Meeks, I had a wonderful meeting with him and Minister Louis Farrakhan in Chicago before the Million Man March. And Minister Farrakhan was trying to gather the African-American pastors to support and to come on board for the Million Man March. And so the Million Man March in its thought and in its idea, phenomenal. A million men marching on Washington? Oh man, anybody in their right mind wanted to be a part of that. But we had to go and find a little bit about what this meant. He decided to call it a, a day of atonement. That began to be a deal breaker for my pastor. He said, I'm not going to nothing to be atoned because I've already been atoned. And so he then just said, let me just go and ask questions. He said to the pastors, I'll never forget this, the pastors that were gathered, before minister got there, he said, listen, you all, minister is extremely intelligent. He's extremely gifted in communication. And uh, he will sway this whole group of people if you all are not careful. They said, Pastor, we, we know the Lord. We got the Holy Ghost. We got discernment. No, ain't nobody going to sway us. He said, all right. The minister gets in there and shares with them. I, I was in the room, y'all. This is all the leading pastors. I'm talking about 80, 80 or so pastors. All of them said, we're following you. And they said, we want you to come to preach in our church and to announce it and to preach and to share. Pastor Meek said, I have a question. <laughs> I love my face. I have a question. He said, number one, can, can we come and, and speak in the mosque? He said, no. He said, I, I knew, I knew he, said, he said, you're not going to like what I'm saying, but you'll respect me more than them. He said, our Bible teaches that if Jesus is not the only way, that people who don't believe that Jesus is the only way, that they go to hell when they die. Minister, would you like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I said, that's my pastor. And, and he said, you know, the arrogance or whatever. Bottom line, the minister went on to speak in different places. I, in that day, realized that a person can claim to have dual affiliation, but they really don't when it comes to what they believe. They want you to have a dual affiliation while they do not have a dual affiliation. They want you to be a Christian and a Muslim. They want you to be a Christian and a black Hebrew Israelite. They want you to be a Christian and, and, and have some stones and some crystals. They want you to be a Christian and, and do some chanting and some stuff and kind of do a hybrid version while they themselves are not doing a hybrid nothing. And so I'm saying to you all, be careful how the enemy will come in and make you compromise your Christianity. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock we stand, and every other ground is sinking sand. Is there anybody that believes? that in here Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord let's pray father we honor you and we bless you on this first Sunday and we thank you so much for letting us Lord God be able to intelligently look at our brothers and sisters globally understanding why they worship and how they worship and their sacred writings this message was not intended to to speak down on anybody this message was not intended and is not intended 
to have anybody be made to feel like they're less than because Jesus you would never do that but this message was intended for the Christian community to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ nobody else is ashamed to wear their garb nobody else is ashamed to worship the way they worship nobody else is ashamed to believe what they believe why should we Christians be ashamed to believe what we believe and so God we pray that you would continue to give us revelation and understanding about who we are uniquely in this world and how we can let other people come into a saving relationship with you if, if you're listening right now and you say pastor you know what I heard a lot today I heard a lot about the people of Africa I heard a lot about African-American folk I've heard a lot about different world religions and you know what I'm empty on the inside you know what I wish I could say that I have convictions like that I don't there's nothing that I stand for like that and I really want to have that relationship can I tell you what you can do to get it all you've got to do is say yes to Jesus the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord listen you can instantly be a part of his family oh it's a, it's a work now to work out your salvation you got to grow and mature but you don't have to earn it you don't have to work to get it and you don't have to work this and you don't have to work to get into heaven and to God be the glory if you are listening and that's your story that you want to be a part of Jesus. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus name congratulations wherever you are that means that you have become a believer for those of you that are already believers your faith is now stronger don't be merely a hearer but be a doer and let's change the world if you just prayed that prayer you have an opportunity to reach out to us and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That's simply spelled C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith.org, all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.